For me, this is the most wonderful time of the year because it's Pride Month and I'm thrilled to be working with the Gel Bottle for this special series of the podcast. The Gel Bottle is an award-winning, vegan-friendly, cruelty-free British nail brand with a selection of over 500 colours which you can explore with your nail tech or you can do it at home yourself with their salon match formulas from their sister brand, Peachy. The Gel Bottle is all about celebrating individuality, inclusivity, and empowerment through artistry and expression. So it feels like the perfect fit for Rain to be celebrating Pride Month with a brand that shares these values. And I'm so excited that they've given me my very own edit. Can you believe it? My rainbow edit, get it, has a peachy colour to represent every single stripe of the Pride flag, from the banana yellow clueless to the creamy off-white love letter because no matter how you identify everyone is welcome inside the rainbow 25 percent of the proceeds from now until the end of august and the peachy rainbow edit and the 90s baby collection because you know i love the 90s will go to switchboard a charity which has been listening to and supporting the lgbtqi plus community since 1975 Go check out both ranges on thejowbottle.com for pros, or if you are your own at-home artist at peachy.com. That's P-E-A-C-C-I.com. There's a link in the episode notes too, and please shop the Rainbow Edit, support the incredible charity switchboard and our LGBTQIA plus community. Hey, I'm Josh Smith, and welcome to Rain. This podcast is all about empowerment and open conversations with incredible guests. So let's get straight into it. Today on our final special episode of the series celebrating all things Pride, we're joined by the incredibly inspiring Val Priestley. You may have seen Val before all over TikTok as she emerged as one of the UK's leading young trans voices. From sharing her transition story to shutting down trolls, she now has an epic 1.2 million followers and 84.9 million likes, and we love to see it. Val isn't just content with TikTok domination though, she is about to star in the second season of Heart Supper, and I'm beside myself, excited for it, and I know you are too. We talk all about Heartstopper, about Val's transition journey that began at 13, as well as the prejudice she faced and lessons she's learned along the way. At a time when trans people are facing hate in record numbers, it's more important than ever to listen, learn, and celebrate our trans community. And I hope Val's story inspires you to be a true trans ally. Well, hello babes, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm so good. I'm so excited to have you here to celebrate Pride with Rain. What does Pride mean to you? Pride means to me just just being yourself and feeling comfortable in your own skin and just celebrating everyone's differences and individuality 100%. I think that's like, it's all about just embracing yourself and being your own person. Mm. Can you remember your first ever Pride? My first Pride was last year. Um, no you know, way. Yeah, I know. I didn't have my first Pride till I was like 19 um, because I'm from a small town and I mean, Milton Keynes Pride never really screamed my name. Um, so 
and I didn't live in London um till yes my first pride like my first summer in London was last year so um yeah my first pride was London pride in 2022 which is really it was crazy it was so overwhelming I didn't realize how many people were there but it was so fun what was the peak pride moment for you in that experience I feel like just being with my friends everyone was so happy everyone was we were watching um a few acts on stage I think just like you know a part where like you look around you and like you just appreciate everyone that's around you and everyone's mm. just like dancing and having fun and the groups around you are having fun I think that was just like seeing that was just like the ultimate happy point really yeah that's such a good moment though when you are so surrounded by like your whole it's when you're community. so in the moment yeah, yeah and like you're not on your phone like yeah I think when it when everyone's sort of like just laughing and having fun and dancing and just living life that's like the best moment yeah that is everything that's what pride is so much about celebrating your identity however you identify and you have been on a journey to discovering and truly being yourself and you start transitioning at the age of like 13 14 didn't you how difficult was it for you to make that decision I mean at the time it felt like I was the only person in the world because there was no one around me that was trans and um, in my area. So I kind of, I was the first to come out as gay pretty much in my school, um, like in my year. So it was sort of doing that and sort of becoming trans and like exploring the way I wanted to look and who I wanted to be. I think it was a lot. It was a lot of pressure. And it was also, I did, I was so clueless because it was, it was just not a thing. Like, um, mm. it was at, I was, I spoke to Monroe recently and I was saying how like her going on Good Morning Britain was like the first time I'd seen a trans woman sort of in on UK TV like it was just like it was unheard of um sort of in social media until I sort of got older um yeah so it was a lot it was sort of doing it fit like sort of finding the ropes myself and it took a few years I'd say by the time I was I want to say 17 is when I kind mm. of like fully understood what I was doing, where I was going. I think the first sort of two years, it was very much that transitional period. Mm. What was your coming out experience like? Coming out, I mean, it was hard. Like school was really tough. Kids can be mean. Um, my parents were really good. My dad didn't really understand it at first, but it wasn't like he was against it. It was more, it was just a big shock to the system. Um, and my parents actually divorced after I came out as trans, uh, mm. which was like a lot of like pressure on me to sort of, I felt like I sort of broke up their marriage, but now I'm older. Um, they sort of reassured me like they were gonna, it was like gonna happen either way. Um, and my dad sort of did it in a way of like letting me do my thing and sort of letting me, um, sort of you know, develop and like blossom in my own home without feeling the pressure of him being there. Um, And then in school, it was very much keep my head down, keep going. Everyone would sort of make comments and, you know, get a a bit physically violent sometimes and call me names and sort of take the piss and stuff. But I mean, I just kind of like learned to keep my head down. And I was like, at that point I was in year 10. So I knew that I only had like, what two years 
three years of school. Um, mm. if I, I think I transitioned start of year 10. So I had the whole of year 10, year 11, and then sixth form. So yeah, I mean, it was, it was, I think like I look back and I just, I think I've sort of blocked out a lot of the memories, but it almost felt like I was sort of treated like as like subhuman. Like everyone was sort of like at this level and I was sort of down here, you could get away with saying, even the teachers like would take the piss out of me and the class would laugh and it was all very much, yeah, it just felt like I was at just sort of a bit of a lower level than everyone else really, which is not that nice. And that's so much pressure to have to deal with when you are so young and you know who you are, but you're still learning about yourself and what you like, what you don't like and how you want to portray yourself. And then to have that level of, prejudice face you every day must have been so tough in those moments yeah it was but I feel like for anyone I don't know how I did it like I I was chatting to my friend about the other day I was saying Mm. like I have no clue how I managed to get through that I think it was just a case of like you have no choice and you know I kind of put on a brave face and just kind of went through it I feel like I had a good home life, so I'm glad I had that. And I had some friends outside of school, and I did have friends in school, but the group I was in was very sort of like, wanted to be in with a cool crowd, so I kind of got left out of a lot of situations. But um, yeah, I think I just, I literally kept my head down and just kept going. Mm. That must have taught you so much about how strong you are as a person, right? Yeah, I'm guessing so. And also the thing is, I look at it now and I think like, it just completely prepared me for the life that I live now. Like, Mm. I always say that anyone who comments stuff on my stuff now, like, it's, you can't offend me. I've heard it all. I have literally like, I've been beaten up. I've had like, indecent images of me leaked. I've had you know, I've gone through being left out, eating lunch by myself. My teacher said, like, not be able to go to the right toilets. Like, I've gone through it all through school. So now if someone wants to call me a T-slayer on my TikTok, you're not offending me because I've literally had it a thousand times. Like, I think it was, I'm grateful for it now because it's made me who I am as a person. And I also feel like I can't look at it in a negative way. I think everything's a lesson in life and the strongest people get the hardest stuff to go through. So yeah, I just, I just, I look back at it in a way of, it was a massive life lesson and it's prepared me for what's to come. So yeah. Mm. And now you are sitting here and you're 19 years old and you've been- 20 now. For like 20 now. When did you turn 20 babes? Like May, yeah. Oh, okay. I felt like I was Fair. 19 for years. Yeah, I felt like I was 19 for <laughs> I was kind of scared to turn 20. I was really nervous, but I mean, it's fine. I'm kind of enjoying it so far. I mean, it's crazy at the moment. It's going to be stunning. It's going to be a stunning year, a stunning decade. The most embarrassing thing I've ever got done. When I turned 18, I thought 18 would be the best year of my life. So I've got it tattooed on my shoulder. And then two months later, I got a heart stopper. So that was just like the most like, like, it made no sense but it's fine like I don't know why I got it tattooed on me but it's okay like I'll have to get it laser at one point <laughs> or you could just get the next greatest year just added on to it yeah maybe I'll just get every yeah. year just 
read down there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but every year you're like living and thriving should be celebrated. And I think it must be so interesting for you to sit here now as a 20 year old and look back at the last like five, six years of yeah. your journey. Like when you look back at that time, what have been some moments that have really empowered you? And what do you think have been some of like the biggest life lessons you've learned from transitioning, do you think? I think my biggest moments, aside from my career, I think starting hormones was like a massive moment. And I also did that in front of a lot of people. Um, moving out, and I think like stuff like wearing a skirt for the first time in public and you know, going to the girls' toilets for the first time and sort of changing my name and stuff like that. That was like a massive thing for me. But I think, yeah, it's just, I feel like it's weird because I, I look back at every year and I think I've changed so much since last year. Because we've known each other for what, like a year now, I'd say. Yeah. Literally met you like, like a year ago. Yeah. I feel like I've changed so much since that. I look back at my life a year ago. I look back at my life when I first moved to London and that feels like a lifetime ago. Like I feel like mm. every year is going so quickly, but so much is happening. Do you feel, finally feel like you are authentically you? Or was there a moment yes. where you were like, I feel authentically myself now. I'm in my own skin. Yeah, I think last year I went through a really weird patch in life. I kind of... I'd been living in London for a year. I had sort of like done the whole like, you know, when you first turn 80, you go clubbing, you love drinking, mm-hmm. like you love the partying. Um, I did all that. And then I kind of had so many people around me that were only that. And I had sort of no real friends. Um, career-wise, I didn't know where I was going. I didn't know what I was doing. Body-wise, and the way I looked and the way I felt, I felt awful. And like, I just didn't know what I was doing. I was depressed. I wasn't, I was so anxious. And I kind of hit this rock bottom, to be fair, just before um, I got the show. And I kind of just like, said to myself, but you need to figure out what you want to do and where you want to go. So I just kind of, I started going to the gym. I started making good friendships. I kind of really worked on myself. And you can't really, I feel like you can't be happy in life if you're not happy with yourself. So that was my big aim. And then after that, I got the show, went into filming, really worked to myself, worked to my core friendship group. Like, and now I feel like I've only recently, in the last sort of like few months, I feel like I've really found my people and who I am and where I'm at. That's like, I feel like this is like the first time I could say in years that I feel like I'm finally me. And that's such a moment. Like, I mean, it is Pride Month right now, but that is what Pride is all about. That is like, you can achieve so many things in life, but finding that next level of relationship with yourself where you feel authentic yourself is the ultimate success in life, I think. Yeah, 100%. Being a member of the LGBTQI plus community, we are more likely to suffer with our mental health. And you picked up on some very powerful things there where you were saying that you were suffering with your mental health. How has your identity affected, but also empowered your well-being? Do you think? I think for a while, I kind of tried so hard to fit in, and when I didn't mm. fit in, 
I felt bad and I looked at it in a way of like if I look trans or sound trans or you know I'm different to the people around me or I'm whatever it was a negative thing and being different wasn't an option um whereas now I feel like I've literally I love being different I love like I think it was just I got to the point where it's just about embracing who I am and Mm. that was when I noticed the switch when it went from sort of like no longer sort of beating myself up for not being someone that I'm not it turned sort of embracing who I am and I feel like loving myself and that's when it really changed and you've really shared that story with so many people on your TikTok channel and you've really changed the game for so many people and made so many more people feel comfortable in themselves and but you've been so I think what's so amazing about you is you do not shy away from telling your story like you will share old school photos of you you'll show stories about you going to surgery deal show you dealing with hate as well how is sharing your story so publicly helped you and how have you seen it help others as well i think it's helped me because i get to look back and Mm. i get to appreciate where i've come from and because I have this thing where I have so many goals in life and I will achieve stuff and I will never look back at what I've done and where I've come from and I won't appreciate sort of what steps I've taken to get to that place. Um, so I think it's really helped me look back and appreciate stuff like that. And I also feel like, I think I, my friends always say, I, I can't believe people watch my videos it's like a weird imposter thing I don't really like Mm. I feel like it's not real so when people come up to me and tell me that like my videos are help them out and um you know help them sort of come up to their parents or their friends or like help them realize stuff about themselves like that like blows my mind and um yeah it's it's, I think it's my favorite part of the job I think it's like knowing that because sometimes I get iffy to post a certain video or whatever and I'm like do you not know because this is going to help so many people um so Mm. yeah I feel like that's it's the best part of what I do I'd say and it's so important you are doing that especially at this time because I was reading some stats before this which actually blew my mind that for instance in America there are more anti-LGBTQI plus bills passed in state law in the first four months of this year than any other time in history and there's an historic surge in bills targeting transgender rights, and that's past a record speed of them trying to implement that. Do you feel like sitting here today as a young trans person, how does that make you feel when you hear that happening and you hear about that? Um, I actually had this chat the other day because I went to the Attitude Awards, and um, in this speech, I can't remember the exact figures, but the UK were like third or fourth in being the best country to be LGBTQ plus in. And now recent studies said we're like 70 or something ridiculous. Mm. And with the recent remarks of Rishi Sunak, and it's when your own prime minister is taking the piss out of your genitals 
that it really makes you sit there and think like we are really at the bottom of the food chain um and it's like um brianna gay who literally was murdered in a park at like 3 p.m during the day like and so many news outlets just dead named her like Uh. it's like people have no respect and it's gonna i feel like now um monroe was saying like it's got to the point where like our allies need to step in and help out because it's clearly our voice isn't enough um i think it's just it's super sad because i think we're just going so far back and it's starting to get worrying because i almost i'm in a great position um in my life um Mm. but there's so many people out there that aren't in loving homes and you know they want to start hormones and or anything like that like i can't imagine how they're feeling right now they must feel so lost and so scared for their future and i say that as a 20 year old but like it's really like it's getting really bad and i just feel like if the laws that they're trying to pass are just absolutely ridiculous they're trying to pass a law on and um, us not be able to use the right bathrooms and it's like why i we're less than one percent of the population like i don't understand why it's such a big deal i think it's just so sad to see a government and governments around the world other a section of our population who need our help the most and we need to show such strong allyship towards the trans community inside the lgbtqi plus community and outside of it as well what would you love to see happen what would you love to see people do to help the trans community i would love people to speak up because Mm. i think so many times stuff happens and it immediately i see all my trans friends post on their stories but None of my straight cis white friends will post it. Or I just think, yeah, I would love everyone because people call themselves an ally, but what are you doing to help? Um, Mm. And I also think looking into the LGBTQ plus community, I think there needs to be, we need to stick together and be a lot stronger. Um, I think, you know, we'd start loving each other a lot more and come together as one and because we are a really powerful voice when we have the opportunity to be um and i feel like we should really use that voice um because it's needed Mm. and i think it's just so sad there's like an unwillingness to listen to trans people and there's so many people who get involved in this in inverted commas gender debate who have yeah. never even spoken to a trans person, have never even come across a trans person, and yet they're so unwilling to listen to their their story and listen to their truth, and they just want to put their own opinions on them. And it doesn't affect them. Mm. I don't understand. It literally baffles me how, and I will say men, because most of the parliament are men, how it affects, like... They're trying to take away trans females um, from going into women's spaces. But you're not in a women's space, so how does it affect you? I don't... And most women don't care about, like, trans... And also, I would like to say, like, 
most of them would never know if a trans woman was in the toilet. Like, mm. I think people, the media do a really good job of making us out to be villains or these nasty people. You know, there might be one story from 10 years ago and I've heard it every day of some, um, I think someone got committed of like sex crimes and then like pretended to change gender. And they've used this one story to then use that as a, a massive debate and that be a leading like point on that argument. You can't paint trans people with the same brush and we're just normal people trying to live our lives. So I feel like when you constantly have the media making us out to be these horrible people, it's so hard to listen to and it's so hard mm. to see like no one picking up and no one saying anything. And then that's where allyship is so important. And exactly. like you were saying, we need to be stronger allies to one another. Where, mm-hmm. What has been a moment of like true allyship that is really taking you, not necessarily by surprise, but has really shown you how powerful allyship can be? I feel like I've had situations before. I had a situation and I was out in Soho and um, this boy um, had recognised me. And he said a few comments and sort of gone to like, like shove me. And these three boys that I had never met in my entire life, they were like t- your typical rugby lads, stepped in and they like, they defended me. They, you know, pushed this guy, they sorted him out. They like had an argument with him, they defended me and they, out of the blue, they didn't know who I was. And he was saying, well, she's like a, She's a man. They're like, we don't care. They're like, it shouldn't affect you. And they were being such, like, they're acting like they're my best mate and I've known them for 10 years. Like, and mm. I was like, I'm so grateful for that because I was like, and also, being completely honest, I thought they'd be the sort of person to discriminate because mm. they are typical lads, lads, lads. And I wouldn't think them to ever care about that sort of stuff. But it was so nice to see them step in. And I, I was like, you know, not everyone's bad. And, yeah, that was a really nice moment, I think. I am so excited to be celebrating Pride Month with the Gel Bottle because just like Rain, they're all about inclusivity and individuality, helping people express themselves to be whoever they are right down to their nail colours. The Gel Bottle have not only created over 500 colours, but are famous for their game-changing Biab technology, which leaves your nails looking stunning whilst increasing your nail growth. Their at-home formula for Sister Brown Peachy also gives your nails that salon quality feel, and they are industry leaders in nail tech training through their successful TGB Academy, which has turned many members of the LGBTQIA plus community into nail professionals, thanks to the training from the Jabble. Don't forget, you can shop my Rainbow Edit right now with 25% of sales going to the LGBTQIA plus charity switchboard. Just head to thejowbottle.com for pros or for at-home artists, visit peachy.com. That's P-E-A-C-C-I dot com. I am beside myself that you are joining my favourite show. And it's safe to say it's our listeners' favourite show too because... Babes, I yeah. love Heart Supper so much. It's honestly, I love it. Love the joy. 
I love everything about it. When we had Kit Connor and Joe Locke on this podcast, it went absolutely nuts. Oh, I it's safe to say our listeners are, are absolutely obsessed too. And you're going to play Naomi. How did this all come about, babes? You're going to need to break it down for me. Walk me through that audition Honestly, process. Like, it was a whirlwind. I, it was so random because I, um, yeah, so I had, I've acted since I was younger and I've always wanted to be an actress and social media was sort of a means to an end sort of situation and I didn't really know where I was going with it. Um, and I had watched the show when it came out and I followed um, Tom Payne, this casting agent and assistant for Daniel Edwards, um, who cast Heart Supper. And I just followed him and I was talking to him about doing a um, potential workshop, didn't think anything of it, um, was really busy at work, so just sort of like forgot about it. And then my manager emailed me saying, hey, like, um, I've got this email for you just to like recommend for you to just audition for this role because you showed your interest in uh, acting before and they just like, they just want to see if you would be good for this part. And I was like, okay, like, cool. Um, and it had like a code name because sometimes with these auditions, like they can't say what show is it for. Mm. And then she sort of called me back and she was like, it's for Heartstopper. And I was like, gagged. But I was like, oh, it must be <laughs> like an extra or like, and like an yeah. essay, like just, really just like casual whatever and then I got an email from like a text from her oh can you sign this NDA and I was like oh okay like I didn't really realize it was that like that deep of a role um yes I, I did the audition I was absolutely shitty at um I sent this self-tape in and I filmed it like 60 times and um my publicist Mary she like helped, I went to my offices we filmed it so many times and she like was really conveying these lines and it was just like we really went for it and I showed back it to back to my managers and um one of my managers like he will he owns uh Joe Sark he owns like my he owns Margavine or MV who I'm under. Um he was like yeah it's good like let's send it across like fuck it let's go and did it and then that I didn't hear back for like two weeks and it was the most stressful two weeks of my entire life. And I had two friends because I didn't tell anyone because I was like, if I don't get this, I'll be heartbroken. And two, was physically not allowed to. So whatever. And then, um, yeah, so I just like did it. And then I was with my friend and I got a call from my manager to be like, hey, like, it was asked for your availability. And at the time, like, now I know that it means like they want to offer you it. But I didn't, we, we're like, what does this mean? Do I have it? Do I not? And then... My other manager called me back whilst I was on the phone to my manager being like, uh, uh, there's quite a few, <laughs> and being like, you've got it. And I was like, that's not really like, um, you've got it. I was like, oh my God, like, the house? She was like, yeah, you literally go into filming. And like, I think when I got it, they had just done the table read through or they were doing the read through. So it's like when you first do a show, everyone reads through mm. the, all the scenes, all the episodes and stuff. So I wasn't for the read through. Um, so then it was also like when am I going to get announced because I'm not in the main school so I'm not in the main school picture I wasn't at the read-through so I can do the whole like hi in the read-through do you know what I mean so it was like <laughs> what is happening went into filming couldn't tell anyone I was filming in like the middle of style and my friends were like what are you doing like 
you're in like some random like field at like 11 o'clock at night I was like I can't tell you what I'm doing but just like know that I'm okay and I'm mentally sane um and it was all sort of like around Halloween time so I was missing all these parties sort of fell off the scene um in terms of influencing and I got to announce it uh in November and that was like the maddest 24 hours of my entire life um I remember posting it and then just like I had a billion texts from everyone because I could I sort of there's a few friends that I so I got told on the day that I was announcing I could announce it um that evening because it was going out on deadline so I called like everyone that I would want like would have wanted to tell before it came out um but yeah it was crazy it was like the it's I think I knew how big the show was but I had no clue like I thought, yeah, I'm kind of used to having like a bit of a platform and a bit of a following. I had no clue how, like, how crazy it is. It is the most like incredible, amazing fan base. Um, yeah, it's so exciting. It is. I can't believe it. I feel like I met I met you before I got casted. So yeah, I just it, I did oh not expect it to happen. I just thought I'd, I just thought I'd just end up like keep doing what I'm doing. But yeah, it's crazy. I mean, and look at you now, like that show is huge. And not only is the show amazing, it's going to be so great to see your character, Nomi, have such a strong friendship with Al. How important is it, do you think, to have two trans characters, not only in a beautiful friendship on screen, but also be conquering the world, babes? I mean, to put me in the same category as Yaz is like, she's incredible. And... Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's so, I get such bad imposter syndrome that I just don't think it's happening. Like, when I was on set, I was like, yeah, they're going to cut me out of the scenes 100%. It's not going to happen. Like, I was like, yeah, just like, even now, I still don't think it's coming out in a month's time. Like, it's, it's crazy. And like, I just think that I'm kind of taking it day by day. But it's so lovely the friendship that you get to see on screen and some of the conversations we have is just so beautiful. And what I love about Heart of Brits is just queer joy. It is so positive. Mm. And, and it's no negativity, really. Um, in a, like Obviously, it's negativity, but it's no real harsh storylines. It's just, it's lovely. And I think it's so nice to be able to share that. And I think, you know, it's something that I can look back and show my kids and... To know that, like, I'm in a show that if I had five years ago would have completely changed my life is the most mad thing to me, I think. Um, I actually spoke to my media teacher the other day and they did a case study on it in their year 12 media class. And she was like, you're, like, going to be in the case study for my new year 12 in September. And I was like, that is crazy. That is, like, unbelievable. So I just... It's, I just can't, I can't wrap my head around it. And I just, because I'm little old me from a small town, so I don't really like process this stuff quite a lot. I just kind of like, also I think because it's been such a whirlwind. Um, yeah, I just kind of like, just kept my head down. But now it's it's out in a month, pretty much like basically a month. Um, yeah, I'm just going to like just enjoy it. And I'm mm. so excited to see where Yaz goes and where I go and the roles we get in the future um yeah i think it's be crazy yeah 
do you think like because Heartstopper is such an empowering show and an empowering space do you think that joining the cast has ultimately given you a greater pride in yourself and your identity yeah I think it's really made me be so proud to be trans in this industry and I think it's made me so proud of myself because I'm doing something that I've always dreamed of and like I think Yaz has taught me so much about embracing myself and embracing my body and she's a, a, a great role model to me and to everyone so I'm learning from her as well um but yeah it's just it's really made me see the bigger picture and yeah I love being trans now I embrace it so much I never used to but yeah it's just like it's amazing I love it and I love to see it for you and it's it's so palpable and it's so great to see your joy and I think it's so important to see that joy for everyone no matter how they identify to say you should always be true to yourself yes if you could speak to someone directly right now who is struggling with their gender identity what would you want to say to them I would say just explore like just have just have fun I think don't put pressure on yourself to fit in a certain box um see what you like see what you don't like don't put a time limit on it um and just do just I know it's hard to say be you but just do what makes you happy don't try and Mm. be someone else just if you feel like okay one day I want to wear a skirt the next day I want to present masculine do that like don't feel like just be authentic to you because as long as you're happy then and as long as you're hurting nobody you're fine so I would say, say just literally enjoy it and just and when people give you stick and people because people do in this world just take it with a pinch of salt don't let anyone anyone's comments about yourself question yourself or question what you're doing and yeah just keep your head down if you're in school keep your head down it gets so much better when you leave school like so much better and you'll find your people and yeah it's all out from here that's what i would say babe the only way is up and the only way is definitely up for you and it's been the best talking to you today but at the end of every episode we always ask one last question drum roll Go on. and that is in the reign of your life what's the one rule you always live by i think i always live by the rule of always make your younger self proud i think mm, love that like because i feel like you can do stuff that you don't think is a big deal nowadays because you're doing all these things and etc etc but if you look back and you're like younger me would kill to do this then do it like life is a learning curve and it's all about taking hits and misses and just as long as you have a good intent and you're making your younger self proud i don't think you can go wrong in my opinion it's so true and i think younger you would be so proud of you right now and i think everyone should be so proud of you for what you're doing just keep doing the stunning work babes oh thank you i appreciate it Thanks for being here for this episode of Rain. 
If there are things that resonate with you, I'd love to hear from you. Get me on socials at Josh Smith House. And if you enjoyed this episode, please like, rate, subscribe or follow and share this with someone you think should hear it. Let's get those convos going because that is what this podcast is all about. Hi babes, me again. Just wanted to tell you about something very exciting. I can't believe I'm about to tell you this, but I've written a book and it's called Great Chat. As you know, I love to chat, plot spoiler, and I love talking to people about their lives because as I always say, talking and listening is so powerful. The book is all about how you can master conversation and transform your life, just like it has for me. I've used my experience from all the amazing interviews I've been lucky enough to do, as well as a load of research to help you deal with everything from making new friends to embracing difficult discussions. Great chat should never be underestimated. It can truly improve your well-being, allow you to create the life you want, and bring the connections you are so deserving of, babes. You can pre-order Great Chat today in hardback, ebook, and audiobook, read by me, no less, and it's out on the 20th of June.